Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck, and I am joined here with my daughter, Paige Peck Baumert. Hi, Paige. Well, hello. So Paige, today we are going to talk about fights. We're going to talk about factions. We're going to talk about families and fighting in families and factions changing society. And we're going to talk about what the solutions are to some of this feeling of disunity that we're seeing around us. Um, There's a polarity that's happening in society more and more all the time on many different issues. Yeah, we're going to talk about that today and on what we can do to get the focus back where it needs to be so that we can solve some of these problems and so that we can increase our peace. I think that's really important and we need to see how we can increase that unity in our world because it is possible. There is a way to increase unity in our world today. We're going to talk about that. But first, before we do that, we are going to talk about a fun family activity because that's a tradition. We always share a fun family activity here on the Teaching Self-Government podcast. So Paige, what type of a fun family activity are we going to talk about today? I, I think that we're going to be talking about something that has to do with uh, fighting. <laughs> Yes, as a matter of fact. So this fun family activity is an approved method of fighting that is actually really fun. Approved. Uh, approved ooh, fighting. Sanctioned. <laughs> oh, wow. It's getting better all the time. Yeah. So um, right now, as we are you know, doing this podcast, it is wintertime. So, of course, the first thing that comes to mind is a snowball fight. Mm. Um, actually, where I'm at, it's kind of funny. Uh, the university... Uh, they're like, um, we've kind of outlawed snowball fights just because college kids and snow make for some disasters for other people sometimes. <laughs> oh, really? They yeah. outlawed them. Oh, mm-hmm. well, that is so, intense. You have to if like, there, go are, if there aren't enough fight. restrictions right now, <laughs> we can't have a snowball fight on a college campus. Yeah, well, that's been in place for a while. But um but yeah, I so guess. snowball fights. Another one is water fights. So definitely more of a summertime activity. Water balloons, hoses, sprinklers, any type of water fight is all sorts of fun. I remember, you know, being designated to fill up like hundreds of water balloons so that we could all just have a big water fight. And it was really, really fun. Yeah. So, so my head husband you know your dad pages classic at here we are just doing our bit in the yard and all all of a sudden boom here comes a snowball right I mean that's (laughs) just how he is gonna start a little fight gonna squirt somebody gonna do something you know and then all of a sudden the fun just breaks out Mm -hmm. so it doesn't work with everybody that way but if your family has already created a type of culture where it's like oh we kind of just you know every once in a while get silly then everybody jumps in. You do have to be careful on fights. Not everybody's up for a snowball fight. Not everybody's up for a, a water fight or whatever. So of course, if people want to say, no, nah, I'm not in, then that's okay. It's true though. I remember last night we came home from visiting London at her apartment, her and her roommates. And Joseph and I were cleaning off cars and stuff. 
And he started flicking snow at me. I'm like, excuse me, that went down my boot. (laughs) (laughs) Now my feet are getting wet. Yeah. And he just gives me this smile like, oh, you little stinker. (laughs) And so I casually starting. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I went and casually grabbed the shovel and um, I started doing the sidewalks. He thought nothing of it. And then he got a down the shirt full of snow. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Because if everybody's just in good humor, then it works, right? Mm-hmm. To have a little bit of a little bit of a fight, a little bit of a tease, a little bit of a flirting in that case, <laughs> you know, which is super fun. So Paige, I know you've done some other kind of fights that maybe you want to talk about. So we've got snowball fights, water fights. And, you know, if you're going to do a snowball fight also, like, I mean, build a fort. That's kind of fun. Seriously. Um, gotta, gotta if you have, have enough snow. Yeah, exactly. But you were telling me also about jello fights. What uh-huh. is that? Now, I've never done jello fights, but I think it sounds fun. So I've only ever done it once, but it was for a birthday party and it was like one of the best things I've ever done. So um, the parents, they made a five gallon bucket. In fact, I think they made multiple um, and they made jello, like gelatin jello in this whole five gallon bucket. Like the colored stuff, like it was flavored. Yeah. And they made a whole five gallon bucket of it. And, you know, let it set and actually become jello. Then they stuck it in the middle of a field and told and kind of split up the, the children and told them to go to opposite sides. So then they said, OK, when we say go, you're all going to run towards the bucket because that's your ammo. And you're going to grab handfuls of jello and start throwing it at each other. And it was so fun. It was a blast. Mm. Um, everyone had to be hosed down afterwards. Because they were so spooky. But. Yeah. So wear clothes you don't like. Right. Wear a swimsuit or something. Stains. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but it was so fun. And ugh, it's it's a memory I won't ever forget. Just because it was so unique. And it was such a blast. I love that. Well, so here's the thing. Is, you know, the reason why your college campus has probably outlawed snowball fights. Is because. People pack them really hard. Sometimes they get kind of icy. There's whatever. And people can get hurt, right? Yeah. Um, So, and and water, you know, is pretty safe because, you know, unless it's super powerful, um, it's pretty safe. Mm -hmm. But the cool thing about Jell-O is you get the safety of water, but you get the the texture of something you can grab like a hunk of something Mm -hmm. you could even pick it up afterward and re-throw it if it so it hit you but you could pick up the pieces and throw those at somebody else or or whatever but yeah (laughs) yeah well i mean okay if you're if you're on the grass it wouldn't be covered in dirt right um but yeah if you're in a field um but i feel like it's like something you can grab and throw like a snowball but when it hits you it's just going to go doing you know, it's, like, <laughs> it's just going to splat all over yeah yeah depending on how depending on if you made a jiggler or if you made yeah. a, or if you made it more loose anyway um so I think that's a really fun idea. I kind of really want to try it. So I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that you're sharing that idea with us. It sounds yeah. fun. It sounds like something Porter would love, but oh, uh, yeah. you have to get out the old clothes. It sounds yeah. like to do. 
Anyway, <laughs> all right. So today, let's talk about factions versus families, or maybe was it families versus factions? And here, the Teaching Self Government podcast. Whenever we look at any topic, we're looking through the lens of self government. So self government is when a person understands how their own actions relate to cause and effect. So they make goals for themselves. They say, "This is what I want to accomplish. This is who I want to become for myself," and then they see how their actions really are working toward that goal or if they're not. So they make a plan and then they follow through with their plan and then they see if they need to adjust their plan. That's what a person does when they're self-governed. They're very deliberate, which means they're not going out of control. Um, They're keeping an element of calmness, unity, and they are keeping themselves centered They're keeping themselves focused, living providently within themselves. But even though they're keeping themselves centered and focused on who they're becoming, they actually aren't being selfish. Their focus is on something greater than just on themselves as far as outcome goes. If a person only has a focus on themselves for outcome, they don't hit maximum self-government ability. At least their mindset always stays just a little bit on the selfish side. So what I usually tell people to focus on is families. Now today, we're going to talk about families and how families relate to what is going on in our society today. But first, let's talk about the society. Paige, what have you been noticed? I mean, here we are 2020. Okay, this is being this is being recorded in 2020. (laughs) What a year. I mean, everybody, you know, is like, holy cow, let's be done with 2020, right? Yeah. Um, It's just been an absolutely crazy year. But we are seeing some things going on because of some of the stuff in this year, some like effects of what's happening, or maybe it's even behavior that's leading to some of the problems we're experiencing. What have you seen? Yeah, so I've been seeing a lot of (laughs) I guess you can even say social distancing of people Um, and not just physically, but also emotionally. So we've got, you know, different political groups. They're kind of going at it. They've got it out for each other. You have different groups of people that have been um, influencing the social media and um, as well as just different areas that kind of have it out for other groups and it's you know things are just becoming very contentious and it's it's messy yeah it's polarized so we the globe like our entire planet right now is polarized they're divided more than ever before so you know it's really interesting because when I was a child the direction was going toward unity like you could not even believe except for religious right Mm -hmm. so um people you know pointing fingers at certain religions but you know beyond so it was like maybe some people were against islamic some people were against mormons some people were against jews some people were against whatever okay so there was some of that that still Mm -hmm. was happening when i was a child not terribly though because we were even 
I mean, some, yes, within the Christian communities, there's always been some backbiting and some pointing and some, "Ah, like, you're not, you're not the same kind of Christian as me. I'm a better Christian (laughs) than you, you know, and all this. And which is not a good, like, like that's, you know, that's polarity there, right? Fighting amongst the people who are supposed to be Christ-like, you know. So that was happening when I was a child, but everything else was coming together. I mean, I don't know if it's just because I lived in the mountain West and and in the mountain West, it's like everybody accepts everybody, you know? And so there weren't any real religious problems, race problems, whatever, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like people just got along where I lived and it seemed like the media and everything was just going toward unity, unity, embracing everybody and this kind of thing. And, um, and now all of a sudden, it's just not that, right? And, and really social media played a really big part in this because people started getting really rough on social media with each other, um, bullying more and more. And as soon as mm-hmm. people started saying, okay, I want special treatment, you know, whoever it is, for whatever reason. Okay? I'm entitled I, to this blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm entitled to something special. And as soon as people come out and say, I'm entitled to something special, then somebody else says, wait a minute, why? And then if they say, listen, if you're not nice to me, then you're not showing me that I'm entitled to something special. Then all of a sudden the bullying actually went on the rise. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if people mm-hmm. realize that. And so then the more and more we say, don't, bully the bullying actually became more of a problem because the people started becoming very offended by the fact that everybody was calling them a bully when they weren't bullying you know what I mean and so it was I mean so there was this like you start attacking people by saying you're doing something you're not doing and that drives them crazy they're like no and so then they turn on you right so then they turn on another group so so I think we saw that happen and we saw, and and we're continuing to see it happen. And the more and more it's talked about, the more and more people call it out. uh, It seems like the more and more of a problem it is because, because people are turning into, they're becoming parts of factions. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and so they're saying, um, I, I am going against that. So that's their main goal is to go against something. Okay, That's yeah, what it means so- to be a faction. So a faction is a party or a group of people um, that's often contentious or self-seeking. They're like, well, we are against you. They're, they're usually dissenters of some sort. I mean, you know, that's kind of the whole point. <laughs> anyway, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, yeah, just like kind of descri- describe the difference between a faction and a family. Um, but from what that sounds like, it sounds like a lot of families nowadays could actually be considered a faction or have factions. Yeah, in the yeah, exactly. And I think that's really interesting because like you said, when you were growing up, you didn't have that nearly as often. Um, families were very much united. They're all, you know, kind of going towards one big goal as you know, a family in the society, but that's very, very different now. Yeah. In fact, so here's the funny thing is people always make it sound like, oh yeah, everybody has always had a problem with not getting along and with thinking bad about this group, you know, whatever this group is. And I'm like, actually, no. I mean, okay. There've been certain little pockets, right. And places around countries and stuff 
But as a whole, the general dialogue was going toward unity. Mm-hmm. But now as a whole, the general dialogue is going toward factions and polarity. And, and I think one of the reasons that the general dialogue used to be going toward unity was because the family was the main focus. Everybody's main focus was family happiness. And they didn't bring the world in their pocket with them every night. They might turn on the TV. So, you know, once a day, they might turn on the TV. They might hear Mm -hmm. some radio throughout the day, but really by and large, people were focused on who was standing in front of them at the office and who was with them around the dinner dinner table. It was, Mm -hmm. they were focusing on the people and on the family. And now we're just focusing on who is getting their way. And do we like it if they're getting their way? And, and do we feel very selfish, very selfishly motivated? Yeah, totally. So, um, so that's where we're at now. Here's another interesting thing I've noticed. Um, so sports used to be a huge unifying force. Okay. Oh yeah. So it didn't matter where you were at politically, didn't matter where you at religiously, you could come out for the hometown team. You know, Mm -hmm. you would be Mm -hmm. like, you know, go Lakers, go Celtics, go jazz, go whatever, you know what I mean? It's like, um, like people would come out for the hometown team. And on the college campus, they would come out for the college team, even if people were part of different clubs, didn't like certain people, it didn't matter. So sports had this way of unifying the world. In fact, I think that was one of the main goals of the Olympics. I think it still is Mm -hmm. technically one of the main goals of the Olympics is to create this unification globally. And I think it's an awesome goal, super awesome, except for sports have been hijacked. And I don't know if you notice this, I mean, I'm not talking about like with, for the little children. Cause I think you can still have, I can still go watch Porter play soccer and win this cop team. And there's a lot of parents sitting there that probably vote political, you know, differences than me and have different social ideas that I do maybe even different religions. I'm sure they do have different religions. <laughs> and, um, but we all can be like, go team, you know? Yeah. So you're all uniting under one, one cause, one force, because you're all united for one goal. So like, you've all got kids that are like, you know, trying to win a soccer game. And so you're all rooting for them and encouraging them and supporting them. Um, And so you're all unified. And I think that is really cool. And, but it, it is definitely, especially with like larger scale sports and teams, things are getting a little more rocky. Yeah. In fact, I, I was reading a, an article written by a really prominent sports writer and, um, and he was lamenting about this very thing that sports does not unite the people anymore. In fact, he was talking about how sports has been taken over by certain political parties, even certain countries, businesses, and now it's being used sports in, in the larger sense, like the big, the national teams and and even the college teams in a lot of cases have been taken over um, by sponsors. So you bring in the sponsors and the sponsors get enough power because they have enough ownership and enough Mm -hmm. money invested that then all of a sudden they are running the social, political, everything. So, and everything about that team becomes a political thing. Yeah. And whether you believe the, the social, you know, that social message or not, it should concern you because so, so let's say that everybody, you know, 
on their uniform, put something that represents Black Lives Matter. Now, whether you are in agreement with Black Lives Matter or whether you're not, it should concern you because this sports now thing, instead of being a unity thing, is now being used as a faction to push an idea so then people can't come together just for the sport. It has to be wrapped in other things. Mm-hmm. And so this is concerning, you know, because um, that was one thing, especially in America, people rally around their sports or have, you know, have done in the past, but we're seeing a lot of people walking away from sports because they're starting to feel a little bit, I don't know, taken advantage of, I think. Or maybe even pressured. Yeah, pressure. Like, wait a second. Why can't I just enjoy the sport? Why I'm do just I have here to be involved? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people that don't even want to be involved. They're like, I don't want to be involved with that political movement or that social movement. You know, whether whether it's right or it's wrong, can I just can I just be can I opt out? But mm-hmm. guess what? Because of the pressure, they're not allowing people to opt out. And I think this is an important piece of information. We are at a stage where if people have to make choices, they're being forced to make choices. And if they choose the middle ground, they just get thrown in the tide. Mm-hmm. They don't even get to make a choice if they just choose not to have a choice. It, it, they just get thrown in to whatever, whoever's funding it, whatever their choice is. And so I think that's why people are feeling ill-used, you know? Okay, so that's one thing I'm not sure if people have thought about is what has happened in sports. And I find it very interesting. But here, okay, now here's another thing I've noticed that I think is so interesting. And that is what is happening with religion. Okay, so um, so religion is is doing kind of the opposite, which I which I find very interesting right now. So it used to be, like I said, when I was young, that it would be like different groups of Christians fighting against each other. And I'm you know, and I'm not saying it's still not happening, you know, at all, because some people still do that. And they'll spend their time talking bad about another religion when they, you know, when when there's really no point in that, there's no point. The point is bring everybody to a higher place to good ground to, to more light to more truth, right? So don't spend your time talking bad about other faiths. Um, But, but we have people now of many different faiths who are starting to do these projects together yeah it's almost like a more uniting thing love that I love that I love okay so I've been a speaker at these homeschool conferences for years now and I go to these conferences and I see you know Catholics and evangelicals and Mormons and Messianic Jews and whatever and like all together lifting and strengthening and trying to add something that will help the situation. And they're, yeah, because they're, they're all united. Fight. Like, like you said, they're homeschool conferences. So all these people are coming there because they want to be able to improve the teaching and learning in their home for their family. Yeah. They're united around homeschooling and that the, the mm-hmm. family knows best. Right. So that's what they're that's what they're united around. So we've got some other things. There's this incredible show that's coming out. If you're a Christian, even if you're not, it's an incredible (laughs) show about the life of Christ. But there's this, this series that started this year. It's called the chosen. I don't know if you've seen that, but look it up. You can look up the chosen. Um, 
I know that it's on certain channels. It's on Pure Flix. It's on BYU TV. Um, they have an app, the chosen app. I mean, I've watched bits of it all these different places anyway. <laughs> um, but that program was made by people of multiple different faiths. So people heading out that program, there's some that are evangelicals, some that belong to the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which some people call Mormons, um, and then Messianic Jews as well, as well as, you know, I'm sure others. And so they're gathering all these people together to say, listen, this story about Jesus Christ needs to be told. Mm -hmm. And, and they're, and And told from all perspectives. Yeah. They're giving, they're giving all the characters such a human ah, touch. It's amazing. But the beautiful thing that I sit and look at this, not only do I love the product that they're turning out and, and just the feel good message that it has and the light that it gives, but the unity, I can't, I can't even help but be blown away by the unity Mm -hmm. i love that so here we have a time where there's more polarity than ever before but oddly enough we've got the whole christ loving population coming together for stuff and this isn't it like i am seeing global religious leaders christian religious leaders who maybe used to think the other person didn't care about them or didn't like them or whatever coming together and saying, no, 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 no. We've got to all be one here. Well, it's interesting because like when you have all of these groups, especially religious groups coming together, it kind of makes you think and analyze things because a lot of people think uh, that you have to act like a faction, like a contentious group in order to stop another contentious group. Mm. But Mm -hmm. that's not true. You have to, you have to act with principle and truth to stop dissension and contention. And so these different religious groups that are getting together, they are actually making a big difference in the world because they're like, you know what, guys, why are we doing this? Let's just focus on the truths that we've been given, try to live them and just be nice to each other. Like that's not really that hard. I love it. I love it. And so So it's so simple and it's the solution. Yeah. But, but I also feel like, okay, they're, you know, for the longest time, I really struggled with the fact that these people who were like, let's be Christ. Like we're always attacking each other. <laughs> You're like, Wait, what? <laughs> but they were like, well, my church is a super church and yours is just a little old one. Or my church is, is more historical. And the, my church has more of the truth than your church. You know? You're like, well, does and, your and church like, teach truth? <laughs> hey, let's get along. <laughs> let's all spread the truth. Yeah. But, but I, it used to bug me. Because I'd be like, that's not Christ-like. But now when there's more and more factions growing politically, socially, everything else, even like you said, within families, people are having factions in their families. Like, well, we're the part of the family that is for this social thing or whatever, you know, that now it's almost like the religions, the people who are seeing all of these wars and rumors of wars are coming together all to be one. Mm-hmm. Like, well, may, we believe they, in Christ. We want the truth. Let's do it. Yeah. So they may not a hundred percent agree with every teeny tiny piece of, of each other's doctrine, mm-hmm. but they are finding everywhere they can unite. Yeah, they're looking and, for connections, looking for that unity. 
instead of looking how they can destroy it. I have to say, this floors me. And when I, I, who would have thought that wars and rumors of wars would lead people who were warring to unity? Who would have thought? But we, but sadly, I mean, you know, this trade, the wars are increasing. And like you said, in the family, this is huge. Absolutely huge. Okay. So we cannot afford more factions to happen, but sadly, the more and more we nurture the factions and we give the factions more voice and more validity, and we allow them to tear down and tear down and tear down. And the more we raise children to be activists instead of advocates, then we create more and more selfishness, which creates more and more factions. And more and more entitlement because they're totally children these days are growing up with more and more entitlement issues, which only leads to becoming activists because like, well, I'm entitled to this belief. So you're going to know that I'm entitled to this belief and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. So true. So true. Okay. So let's talk about the family here. So the family is supposed to not be a faction, okay? (laughs) The family is the opposite of faction. In fact, like you said, there are factions happening within families which are destroying families. Mm -hmm. So the family is this symbol of unity that every person is supposed to have. Now, don't start crying because I know that not everybody's family is a symbol of unity right now. And it's really hard to see. But as members of families, as children, as parents, as aunties, uncles, whatever, grandparents, whoever's listening to this, we can choose to have unity. One person chooses it and it's like a domino effect. It's contagious. Mm -hmm. Now, some people who are in a faction may attack, but that's okay because we can still always reach out with love and unity. Let's talk about what does the family do? What does the family do that actually improves global unity or increases unity in society around us? Like, what does the family teach? Well, the family is supposed to teach, you know, hard work, um, unity, togetherness. Um, And they're also supposed to be a symbol of happiness, joy, and togetherness yeah so that's so true so they are a symbol they're a symbol Mm -hmm. that we carry with us forever um you know i remember my son said to me you know mom because he's you know married now and he's like mom you and dad have such a happy marriage and you have such a happy family and that's what i want for my family and i'm like see that's the symbol he's seen it. So that's what he wants for his family. He wants to have that same thing that we have. And that's, that's the message that a good family is supposed to give to their, to their children. So families teach things. They teach problem solving. They teach calmness. They teach love. They teach communication skills, hopefully good ones. Social skills. So totally social family is the first social unit of society. So they teach social skills. Yeah. Um, they teach people how to accept no answers. 
how to how to drop subjects and and not create an issue they teach people how to disagree with each other appropriately hopefully okay or they teach the opposite here's the thing if there's wars and rumors of wars happening within your family it should not surprise you that we have wars and rumors of wars in our society mm-hmm. well if you think about it like well i don't know a couple hundred years ago say 17 1800s yeah definitely 1800s um i know that we read at different books that talk about these families you know living on the frontier and they're working together and they're you know attending church together and they live in this community where you know everyone's a farmer so everyone works hard and everyone goes to school but like they're all working together and working towards a common goal and you hardly ever hear about these people who are, you know, entitled to these opinions and trying to shove it down other people's throats. They're just nice people. Sure, they had differences, you know, in opinions and beliefs, but they're like, you know what? Everyone is a person and should be treated like a person. And everyone is a child of God and should be treated like a child of God. Yeah, sure. We don't, you know, we may differ on who gets elected for president, but you know what? We're neighbors and we're going to be nice to each other. And we love each other because you're an amazing person. Yeah. You know, you know, Paige, um, number one, I'm like, ah, oh, I'm so glad we read the Little House on the Prairie series, <laughs> Laddie, Caddy Woodlawn, The Virginian, you know, all these books. And what's that, the series by Ralph Moody? Uh, by, oh, Ralph Moody, Little Britches. Uh-huh. Little britches. That's a great one. Yeah. So, so you're, you're keying into a principle here. Mm -hmm. And I think people don't recognize this principle always, but the principle that you're keying into is, is when all of the people are concerned with their, with their families and with working hard, working the land, providing for their very needs, then the people don't waste their time trying to stuff their ideas down somebody else's throat. They, they spend their time lifting each other up. But when, in a, when a society is affluent and no one has to work to, you know, no one has to work the land anymore. Mm-hmm. No one has to milk the cow or go hunt for the eggs or the mushrooms. Then people become of- entitled to two packages of toilet paper instead of one. <laughs> clearly <laughs> clearly that's the case <laughs> but but no but you know what people do is they start instead putting their their efforts behind trying to change other people's minds instead so i think that's uh that's a thing that happens in an affluent society we start picking fights with other people because we don't have anything to keep us busy Idle hands are the devil's workshop. That's an old adage from the old days. And I think it's Mm -hmm. true. I think it's true. Especially, you know, with the addition of technology and, you know, the television and the phone. And we have everything at our fingertips. We don't have to go look for it. We don't have to go to a library and research all these different books about a topic that we want to know more about. You know, we can just Google search it. And, you know, we don't have to go work for, to, you know, grow grain to make bread. I mean, yes, I do work and make bread, but I buy flour. 
from the store. <laughs> I'm I'm so privileged and so spoiled. <laughs> I still grind I still grind wheat, Paige. I still grind wheat. But do you have a hand grinder or a stone? <laughs> I do have a hand grinder with a crank, but I don't use it. I use the one with the motor. <laughs> uh-huh. So you that are spoiled just, too. <laughs> that one's just for it. If I have no power, (laughs) (laughs) gotta have both. Just yeah. So it's it's interesting because all the processes that happened, you know, a couple hundred years ago, without, um, you know, like electric technology and stuff like that, it created a spirit of work and the need to work hard in order to survive. And I think that not only did that do something with, you know, maybe physical appearances and abilities but also mental when people are thinking about the need that they have to do this in order to survive then yeah they're going to do it whether you know it's appealing to them or not mm-hmm. and so they have they foster that spirit of needing to work and to work hard and you know for the good of themselves and other people but now that we don't necessarily have to do that you know more of it is now we go to work for money instead of so that is how we you know sustain ourselves but Mm -hmm. that a lot of times is um obligatory you know we don't we do it because we have to because okay Mm -hmm. we need money to pay rent and to buy food but we don't do it because we're like hey you know i'm gonna spend two hours in the kitchen because our family needs bread you know Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. now like okay let's go to McDonald's and let's buy everyone a burger and call it good. Well, truly nowadays, if you spend multiple hours in the kitchen making bread, somebody would probably say that you are just, you're a martyr. You're making yourself (laughs) a slave. Um, You, you are wasting your time. That's why there's conveniences. There's, you know, whatever. I mean, really, you know, I've had people tell me before, I don't make jam anymore. You can buy jam for cheaper than what my time is worth. Jam is always better. Just decide. No, because it's not mass produced. (laughs) The point I I don't make jam so that I can calculate how much my time's worth. I don't make food because, you know, sure. I could hire a, a cook, I guess. And then could be like oh because my time's worth more than that like I could take that mindset but I'm like no training my children to work having the confidence that comes from knowing I can make something out of nothing and exist even if all the stores close down to me which we did there's no there's no (laughs) price on that there's no price it's it's like my time it's just time like I've it's just knowing those skills to survive it's almost like survival skills like people yeah. don't know those anymore unless they go looking for them or sign up for a class that teaches them you know survival skills i know and every 100 years ago like when girls starting at like age eight or yeah would start learning how to cook food and they'd be in the ki- in the kitchen with their mom and they'd be learning how to make you know this natural yeast bread that they had got a start from their grandmother you know and they, the boys would be out working with dad, starting super young, you know, milking the cows, gathering eggs, doing all these things. And we don't do that anymore. We don't foster that, you know, that ability and that mindset of working hard to support us and those we love. 
we were probably born in the wrong generation page. I don't know me and you both, you know, but no, I actually uh, <laughs> often think a lot of times like, what if I went back 200 years ago and just, you know, and then brought some people back here. First of all, I'm like, I should take them for a ride in the car. But second of all, I'm like, what would they think about our society? They'd probably they probably think would, we're all spoiled brats. They would think it's neat, but they, I think they would also lament that, that we were so idle. Yeah. That we didn't, we didn't think the things that they thought and, and work on the things that they worked on and, and yeah. understand some of the basic things that they understood. I think so. But instead of ripping up our society, I think we've got a lot that we have and a lot that we yeah. can build on. And that's certainly, you know, the point of all of this is just to say, what can the family do? What can the family teach? I mean, the family truly is the opposite of a faction mm-hmm. if it wants if done to be. Right. Yeah. If it wants to, if a family is strong, then, you know, and united, then it helps to combat the different factions in the world and the world inevitably gains strength one family at a time. Which is why the family has to decide who they're becoming. So in the teaching self-government parenting model, we talk about creating a family vision. The families need that. They need to have that vision. Um, of who they're becoming and what all of this is about and why correcting all these negative behaviors well, yeah, just and stuff like is we so talked important. about before like you know porter on his soccer team they're all focused on winning like mm-hmm. that is their their goal and everyone is fighting towards it and so that's why they're all united mm-hmm. yeah so you have to decide well who are we who are we as this family team where are and we what going? are we yeah where are we going what do we want exactly and then you have to work toward it and i think if a family gets deliberate finds the skills they need to teach that communication to solve those problems to increase the calmness the open communication the understanding mm-hmm. um then that family is being the opposite of a faction and they're presenting something to the world they're presenting for their own children even a view of the world that they can compare everything to. So families are supposed to represent what's good and true to the children. They're the symbol of that, like you mentioned earlier, Paige. And when the family truly does that job, then those young people grow up to be something different. They grow up to be you, Paige. They grow up to be, um, (laughs) they grow up to be, you know, some other amazing young adults that I'm seeing who have come out of, families where the parents get it the parents created that type of environment yeah and those children i mean i guess people like me um are going to be the leaders of the world because they're the people who actually take action instead of sit on the couch and go oh i wish i could do something like that or oh i wish i could be you know influence people like that they're gonna be like no this is a problem we're gonna fix it this is how it's done Yeah. Well, and I think here's another thing is that they don't become complacent. You know, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of young people, I'm sure you've met them who are like, whatever, I don't care. I mean, whatever happens, happens, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. And um, instead of saying, now, wait a minute, there might be things that happen. We may have to accept that they did happen. But we also can make sure that we're continually bringing goodness to the world. We're bringing up the principle. We're teaching the people the things they need to. And, and I think that's, you know, that's going to that next level where you see yourself as a part of the solution to problems. And yeah. one of the biggest things that we can do, honestly, Paige, you don't even have to go to the UN like I've done. And you don't have to speak at legislatures if you don't want to. None of that stuff. What you 
could do that changed the world more than anybody else is raise a good family, a family that has unity and peace and love Mm -hmm. instead of war, a family that knows who they are. If somebody just, if we just have a whole bunch of people that do that, we can actually change this world, but we have to make sure that we don't turn our children over to all those ideologies, all those battles, Mm-hmm. all that stuff before they have a firm understanding of who they are and what it's all about. Yeah. And I think people are actually realizing that now. Um, Cause I know, especially when you started doing teaching self-government people are like, Oh yeah, you know, this is, this is good. But even now, like you've, you know, you've gotten a lot of a following and these people are like, Oh my goodness, we need this right now. So bad, you know, because maybe they were raised in a family where the parents were just like, yeah, sure. Whatever, do whatever you want. And they're like, no, we, we, like, I tried that with my kids. That's, that's not a good thing. Like, it's a miracle I even turned out. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> well, and I think what we're seeing, Paige, is that when hard times come and when people have been raised during hard times, they, they start looking for what is supposed to bring them peace. And it's mm-hmm. easy to see just because of the model of how a child gets here. It's easy to see that the focus should be on families right instead of on factions mm-hmm. it's easy to see that so and so i think we have a lot of people like you said who are really motivated to do something different even if it's harder even if it means controlling themselves they're motivated to say okay i gotta stop thinking about myself and what i want so much mm-hmm. even if it's harder because they want that feeling of unity and goodness you guys, we're tired of the factions. I'm tired of them. Are you tired of them? The problem is they're not going to end because we've got a lot of people involved now in pushing the factions forward. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of power in mm-hmm. it. Um, like a lot look of what's, political involvement. Yeah, look what's happening with the sports all over the world. Um, clearly. And even Hollywood. Yeah, there's, oh, totally Hollywood is a part of it too. And, and so they're bending everybody's ear, they're taking everybody's time. And, um, but people are not satisfied. So we've got to make sure that our families decide to put that first, focus on our families instead of on the factions, focus on creating the strong families. That is still doable and it's always doable. Mm-hmm. So that's what we wanted to talk about today on the Teaching (laughs) Self-Government podcast about families versus factions. And in case you didn't know, families are the answer. If you want more help (laughs) for how to help your family decrease contention, increase calmness, increase their skills in unity and problem solving, then go to the Teaching Self-Government website at teachingselfgovernment.com and we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.